0: You are not lost. You are here. Stop abandoning yourself. Stop repeating this myth about love and success that will land in your lap or evade you forever. Build a humble, flawed life from the rubble and cherish that. There is nothing more glorious on the face of the earth than someone who refuses to give up, who refuses to give in to their most self-hating, discouraged, disillusioned self, and instead learns, slowly and painfully, how to relish the feeling of building a hut in the middle of suffocating dust. May you see that wherever you are, you are not lost. You are here. And that is exactly where we need you to be. Adapted from Heather Alvarezki's Ask Polly Why Should I Keep Going? Welcome to Becoming Human, episode 32. This is a podcast where we explore ideas and kind of what it means to be alive. Our lives are like a, like a canvas and we're actively painting our story, so we might as well paint the best picture possible. And today we have a special guest, the better, more notable Kleeberger, my spouse, Vanessa. Because here's what happens. Every single year, the movement from December to January causes a stir in us. Right? The, the new year it offers this transition of opportunity, and we look ahead to what could be. There's all this potential growth and change, and you know we're traversing new ground in the landscape of our lives. And certainly, the most the most captivating subject in our culture when it comes to this time period, especially like New Year's resolutions, is improving our health. Thankfully. Vanessa is a health and wellness coach. And for the past 12 years, she has studied, practiced, and helped people transform their health. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, technically, Vanessa practices what is called integrative health coaching, which is probably the best way to approach the subject of health. But that also means this conversation will deal with more than, you know, a- achieving sick gains and weightlifting or, you know, the process for running a marathon. Integrative health coaching is similar to like family systems or or proper conflict resolution. It looks at every factor possible to help you transform your current physical health, mental health, and emotional health to produce intuitive and effective change for your life. So we're gonna look at all sorts of stuff, how to approach health, how to deal with the fitness industry, goals like functionality and quality of life, and then even more, some ways we can approach eating and exercise and how to actually execute the grand plans we often make this time of year. If you're interested in what Vanessa does, you can find more about her health coaching at bkhealthcoaching.live. And she's a bit prominent on the old Instagram. And you can find her sharing tips, experiences, and just generally good content on there. Of course, thank you, for listening and and thank you to everyone who supports the show um, I also write tons of articles that you can find at my website tylerkleberger.com and if you're willing I don't really do much marketing for my stuff so subscribing to the podcast leaving a review of the podcast or sharing the episode it, it helps me it, probably more than more than you realize um, you can also subscribe to becoming human in general I send out an article or a podcast episode every week. Um, and listen, I know this stuff is all free, but if you find any of this valuable and you're willing to financially support it, I would be honored and incredibly grateful. Um, and you can do that on a website called Kofi, or coffee, but it, it's spelled K-O-F-I. And uh, for for this particular show, it's ko-fi.com slash becoming human. But enough of that. Let's get into it with the one and only Vanessa Kleberger. Let's learn, let's grow, and let's become more human. Welcome, my beloved spouse.
1: (laughs) Do you really think my Instagram content is good? You said that.
0: You're not here to ask questions. I am, <laughs> but this is this is part of the the process for me. Is I like I like exploring anything. You know more about this stuff than I do, um, and so it's more appropriate for me to facilitate the conversation, and and just try to get into uh, a bunch of this stuff. But you've probably seen already. I mean, I think you've even had a lot of people contact you or uh, kind of look into your content somehow Uh, because this time of year, health and nutrition and diet and exercise is kind of top of mind for everyone. Is that what you notice?
1: Yes. I think it's the same every like end of December into January. Everybody has these big goals and they're ready to start their own. It's usually health and fitness journey. Um,
0: Right. Well, but even, I mean, we see this just amongst the people around us, but if you if you pay attention at all to the health and fitness world or health and wellness world or the diet world exercise world, whatever, there's probably a lot of names for things I don't know mm-hmm. but uh i mean even even for me, there's more of a an intense conversation of people asking me about, hey, I'm trying to change this thing. I imagine you get all sorts of people messaging you or something like that. Yes. I don't know. Mostly
1: around this time of year. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what are you, what do you notice with the health and uh, wellness world, especially, especially at this time of year?
1: Um, I think it is a huge money making industry, which, can be problematic for a lot of reasons. Um, This time of year, it's a fresh year, fresh start. Everybody's looking to start something new. Mm -hmm. They see January 1st as a good opportunity to do that. Um,
0: But that, so like the, the new year's resolution thing, that's almost a trope. I don't know if people even do that still. I don't. No, I don't either. Like do people write out a list of new year's resolutions or create like these goal walls or.
1: Oh no. The thing now Is vision boards. Vision boards. Yes.
0: What's a vision board?
1: A vision board is something that you, there's actually on Canva templates for vision boards. Oh. And it's um, things that you want to accomplish throughout the year. So you want to maybe save this amount of money by the end of the year, or you want to, I made a vision board last year. Um, Are they good? They can be good. I think they can be good, but I think. Are they better
0: than New Year's resolution list?
1: I think it's just a visual. I think the visual is what makes it Hmm. different than just a list.
0: Okay. Which is probably easier to keep in front of you than a list, which then therefore would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, and I don't know that it's just, it's not just New Year's resolutions. It's, it's this whole process of around Thanksgiving Everybody's routine becomes different because there's holidays. There's a lot more family engagements. You're seeing people that you don't normally see. You're out of your your regular school rhythm, but then you also have this new year, which is really it's abstract. There's not anything that changes on December 31st at midnight. No. Um, but all of those things together, I think it puts people in a mood to go like, oh, it could be different. And one of the problems is that well, come January. 7th or
1: January 16th,
0: (laughs) you know, uh, you're, you're back into that same rhythm you were at before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's hard to translate the good ideas in a, in an abnormal season of life to the regular season of life. So I imagine that's why, that's why this is culturally a phenomenon that happens, but in, in the health and fitness world, they take advantage of this. For sure. Uh I mean I even see um different advertisements um, especially for like Christmas gifts, get somebody a Peloton, you know. That was <laughs> that was really big this year. Yeah. Um but they're they're definitely taking advantage of this as well. And and you've seen kind of behind the scenes of that a little bit. So what's their motivation? Why is that even happening?
1: I think they, like I said, the fitness world is a huge money-making industry and everybody wants to make money. So they kind of target certain people and it's usually people who are desperate for a change. They're desperate to feel better, to look better, especially, um, to have more energy. And I think people just really placate on that. And there's even like certain markets that the fitness world will target, um, such as like stay-at-home moms. I know um, if you're like if you're um, familiar with like the MLM world this is not to knock on MLMs, but you target stay-at-home moms because you can be healthy and you can look better and you can feel better, but then you also have the opportunity to make money while being able to stay at home with your kids because doesn't everybody want to stay at home with their kids?
0: Hmm. Well, and do you think even on even on the industry side Is the whole idea of like hitting year-end goals actually a thing? Or did I make that up in my head?
1: I think people's intentions are for it to be an actual thing.
0: What do you mean? For what to be an actual thing?
1: Their intentions. Like they want to feel better, look better. Um, But if you don't have a solid plan, which you're most likely not going to get from these big companies, you're never going to reach whatever those goals are that you set.
0: But even outside of the MLM world, if... Let's say, because one thing I've seen a lot of is like uh, the shakes or there's some, you know, you get a packet and you mix it with water and it's this really healthy Mm. meal replacement option kind of thing. Um, Is that happening just because those companies know, hey, this is really top of mind right now? Or is it also they have numbers to meet by the end of the fourth quarter of the year and they need to kind of meet these quotas so that they can get ahead on profit margin is that a thing i think it's both okay
1: i really think it's both i think because some of those like the meal replacement things which i don't like meal replacements but some of those not all those are bad Mm -hmm. like they're not all packed with bad ingredients and some of them have really good things in them but i think it's the motivation behind why people are trying to sell those is where it gets kind of skewed
0: okay and something you kind of alluded to was there is this desperate need from people to start fresh. Uh, And I think a lot of that's just because there's a ton of unhealthy habits that are normal for most of the year that they get to a culminating time or transitory time. And they go, ah, yeah, I need, I really need to start over. I got to fix my life Mm -hmm. and diet exercise are, the most notable ways to do that for, for some it is. And I've, I've actually had conversations with some people who are like, I'm getting into therapy this year. I'm going to handle this addiction this year. So there's, there's stuff like that as well. Um, but I just wonder from the economic side of around this time of year, especially Christmas, people are willing to make larger purchases or they're, they're willing to put money towards something long-term, you know, and they had, I'm not saying their intentions are bad. People yeah, have normally good intentions. Usually they're
1: good. Yeah.
0: Uh, but you know, we're willing to, to buy something that's a 12 month process in the moment right now. And then come June, it's like, why did I spend money on this?
1: And normally those things are telling you like guaranteed results. Like look at these results that these people had. Mm-hmm. You could also have the same results.
0: Yeah. And, and I guess get the vibe from that, that a lot of these products or plans or whatever the thing is, because people are willing to spend money right now, buy 12 months of this thing, or they're going to tell you this is good. Look at the results this will give. They don't actually need to work as long as the person bought it. Right. Um, and for most people, they'll forget about this. And it'll actually be their fault then. So whether or not this was the right product or best product or could do all of these things, that doesn't matter. It just needs to sell. Right. And I, it just seems like the health and fitness world is much more concerned about other things than health and fitness. Yes. But I don't think that's different than than most, most industries, sure. really. Um, And you talked about MLMs and... They they definitely take advantage of the, the excitement of our culture's new year and this possibility of of, of change. Um but you kind of mentioned that they were predatory on stay at home parents. Yeah. I like to include parents there. Sorry.
1: You're <laughs> I should have said parents. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, of course you did. Um <laughs> but even with those, it 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 feels like MLMs or the fitness world or the whatever industry is, you know, they're selling products, not health. And there are people who are easier targets for that, whether yeah, it's a stay-at-home sure. mom or stay-at-home parent mm-hmm. for an MLM. But even somebody absolutely desperate going like, wow, I can spend 500 bucks for this for a year and I'll look like that at the end of this. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, I think rare, rarely it ever works out. <laughs> I don't have any statistics. Yeah, I don't have it. any
1: statistics either. I would say it's probably rare. It's yeah. probably very rare, yeah.
0: Okay, so that's what's normal. Health and wellness coaching, this specifically I mentioned integrative health and wellness coaching. How How is that different from all of that?
1: So the process for my health and wellness coaching is somebody fills out an evaluation, and that's – the biggest piece of information I need because based on that, um, that's how I would form a plan for somebody.
0: So what's all in this evaluation?
1: Um, it's really broad. It's basic questions like how many calories do you consume? Um, how much water do you drink? It's also asking you about your sleep habits and just your daily routines. Um, there's some spiritual questions in there. There's a little bit about grief. If you've dealt with, Um, grief properly um so trauma
0: and tragedy and yes because that and the reason why i bring that up is because you're saying that can actually affect your physical
1: that's why i said at the beginning everybody wants to make health and fitness goals but really it's health and wellness i think is more important because wellness is more of like a Hmm. broad spectrum it's everything it's not just how much you eat and how much you exercise
0: and that the one thing I understand about integrative health coaching or just integrative health is, uh, you know, your, your diet's messed up. Well, there's always these underlying causes. So, Oh, you are constantly fighting with your spouse or mm. you feel really out of control with your children. Not saying that that is causing.
1: No, but that leads weight to like, or whatever, emotional eating and stress eating.
0: Right. It's, it's the same when you're doing like, uh, counseling with people and it's like oh so the problem is me and my spouse don't get along it's like okay well what else is there and more you uncover and i just i think every i think our culture is good with saying that's the case about counseling issues mental health i don't think people think that way about physical health but you you've even like you've done this to me where i'm going like i don't feel good i don't do this and i'm going yeah i'm just really really tired Mm -hmm. um, or i'm not sleeping well and you're like so how much water have you drank?
1: It's always water.
0: Or, <laughs> or, and I and I mean a lot of times it is. Or you'll point out something of like, so how did you do this over the past week? And it's like, okay, so it's not just you're just, it's not random that you're just not sleeping well and therefore you're tired and therefore you're stressed. Mm-hmm. You can actually keep tracing that back further right. and further. And again, I think we're good at doing that or getting better as a culture of doing that with relationships or behaviors. Not necessarily with our health, and I don't know if that's just because everybody thinks that you know health science is so regimented that you know doing this equals this result, but it rarely ever is that black and white. It's very complicated and ambiguous. And yeah. I mean the the questionnaire thing that you the evaluation form is like, it's 100, like over a hundred questions, hundred yeah. plus questions. It, it takes like a half hour to fill yeah, that out. Yeah, it's
1: pretty in depth.
0: So uh, it starts with not just getting information, but trying to find the entire circumference of somebody's life. Mm
1: -hmm. And then what? So, and then we will sit down and kind of go over it together because sometimes what I'm finding is people will write one thing, but when they talk about it, there's actually even more rooted in their answers. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talk about it and then I ask them like, what, Are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? And then based on that, we make a plan of how to reach those goals. And um, we meet weekly and I text them throughout the week to make sure that they are doing well, staying on track and doing everything that they say that that they're going to do.
0: So, for example, you buy some 12-month product or 12-month subscription to something. That subscription is never constantly checking in on you no right so the it's not like one big part of this is the accountability Mm. and um on the podcast we've talked about that with change and how change is actually really important a, a, a really important action step within change is having some sort of social currency or social interaction that helps with that um and so, and that that's probably good on itself. Anybody can provide accountability. But you're also saying that what we do is you have to take all these factors and then have some sort of wisdom that helps you as a singular person figure out what to do uh, in light of all of these factors and your context. Because right. that's another thing that general fitness industry, especially like an MLM or something, it can't account for the the, the specific immediate Uh, processes of a person
1: no because there's not usually time or resources resources to do that nor do most of them probably care Uh,
0: that's fair i guess not everybody but but even if you have a product like a shake sure you can't uh uh what's the right word manipulate the ingredients of every single pack of that if you're just selling one general product Right. You would have to have, you know, millions of different things for each one. And that's not effective business.
1: No. And even beyond the ingredients, and this is where like the wellness thing comes in, you give somebody one of those shakes that are meal replacements to somebody with like an eating disorder or somebody who has really unhealthy relationship with food and that goes south really quickly. But uh-huh. if you don't know that about the person. Right. Then.
0: No, but it's the same with uh. So that's a good example of like the actual, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use the big word, the phenomenological experience of a single person matters when you're talking about, there's no generality that's going to be able to meet the needs of everybody. Right. But if you're a multinational business, you have to be general. You can't be particular. So Mm -hmm. health and wellness coaching, especially integrative health coaching is able to zoom in on the particular it's, you know, you also couldn't take what you're doing and make it general for everybody. No. It's not designed for that. Right. But even like a workout plan or, you know, some workout show that somebody does, that's way different than a personal trainer because the the thing that's already been pre-recorded and is on the TV can't stop and go like, oh, hey, so you look like you're doing this. Why don't we do this for you instead? Right. It's already predetermined because it's for a general demographic. Mm-hmm. So not only you know the the profits and the industry standards but also the accountability the context and you know what I've seen with what you do is you're able to get all this information about a person and then it's this process of you going like hey instead of you just googling something mm-hmm. I'll actually use you know the experience and and, and the knowledge that I have to do that work for you, but then I'm constantly checking in on it when we're making changes, we're adapting, we're evolving as the process goes. And you just, there's no product you can buy for that, I suppose.
1: No, I don't ask anybody to ever buy anything. The only thing maybe I would ask you to buy is a water bottle because some people drink more water from a water bottle but, <laughs> instead of a cup. But other than that, no, I'm not selling a product or but a shaker or but anything not even like that.
0: You can't sell that process.
1: Right, because it's not for everybody. There's no
0: pill plan program. No. no, thing that is capable of doing it. It takes human beings, right, and it has to be on that context and in in the personal relationship of it in order for it to even work. Mm-hmm. And and this is something we've talked about before. Of like, there's no cheat code for this. So if you actually wanted to get in into some sort of health and wellness process for yourself, the New Year's resolution or vision board thing, whatever, um. You know, I'm, I'm always going to push like something like integrative health coaching is going to be way more effective than anything you can buy. Sure. But everybody's looking for, you know, the secret that you, I can just pay money for and have it and now look, the work's done and nothing works like that. Right. Um. So having a journey where it's like this sustainable process, because I imagine you're also not giving these empty promises of like, Hey, if you just do this, it's going to fix everything. It's this is still going to be really hard, yeah. but it's also going to be effective. Right. Um, and, and I think that's important to point out. This isn't a quick fix, nor is it's it a not. simplification.
1: And I, well, I always tell my clients, I can coach you all I want, but unless you actually put the work in, you truly are not going to see right. any sort of changes.
0: Yeah. And I just think everybody's so interested in finding that technological or, inspired solution that's just going to do it for them. And the the problem is that you're still dealing with a human being. Um, and one of the other things that, you know, the accountability, the adaptation, you know, they're getting your knowledge, but also your presence, all really important things for the, the process of change. Um, but one of the other things that I notice about what's different from the health and fitness or health and wellness industry um, is that your goal is that you're not going to need this eventually you know if you become dependent on a certain supplement or something like that it, this might be forever if you want to maintain it mm-hmm. you're saying like give me 3 months still a lengthy amount of time yeah but the goal is that after 3 months you've developed habits that you can sustain and if not then we keep going with it until it works but you're you're not trying to get somebody in because then you know you're they're going to be in indefinitely and uh, which yeah. is not profitable no for no you, but
1: the goal is about three months. And I think in those three months, that's when you really build the foundation to hopefully um, you being independent and being able to carry on whatever you have built in the last three months on without me.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So hopefully that gives a pretty good picture of integrative health, but also what this specific coaching process is like. And then I don't necessarily want to get into the coaching part. I want to get into the health part. Just to expose people to these ideas. Now, if somebody's like, oh, no, I actually do want to either do health integrative health coaching for people, I'm sure they could contact you to find out how you entered into that world and they could start their own integrative health business or something. Yep. But then other people, uh, maybe they don't have access to integrative health coaching or they're not really interested in that yet. But understanding what integrative health is and what that looks like in comparison to diet fads and fitness culture and all that. And, and I could go on all day about, you know, the silver bullet culture we have and people trying to make changes without doing the work. Um, but I want to talk about health and wellness in general. So okay. um, let's just start with why you think, you know, sell me <laughs> on why I should care about my health and wellness.
1: You personally, or just like, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I, I think it's important because everybody assumes that health and wellness is a noble goal. Yeah, maybe it's not. And if we actually dive into the real reasons instead of just like, oh, it's a new year, I should do something for my health. Now we can start figuring out um, why this should intrinsically matter to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you have a few categories that you specifically think are are important. So like outside of the emphasis our culture has this time of year, why would you recommend that people should just do this anyways, despite new year's resolutions, you know? So, yeah. so somebody listening, why should they improve their health and wellness?
1: I think the most obvious, well, I think it's obvious is your quality of life. And quality of life is also Like I always say that I want to be as functionally fit as possible. And that's not because I want to look a certain way. It's because I want to be able to play with the boys outside and I want to be able to pick Quinn up out of his crib and walk down the stairs and do household chores in a way that is not strenuous and in a way that is not uncomfortable. And that's, I think that's why everybody should invest Mm -hmm. in their health and wellness because it's quality of life
0: what's interesting there too is there's there's two wants that you just talked about um, there's the want of the good thing that's also harder but then we also have all of these other wants and we want to be comfortable and what's interesting is that that's, so that's the short term want the mm-hmm. short term comfort will actually make you long term miserable and that's why an actual health and wellness process should be initially Difficult, in order to have long term comfort. Sure. So when you say quality of life, you're not saying, "Hey, quality of life is just being able to sit around and do nothing and have your body atrophy on the couch."
1: I would say that's quite the opposite. But of quality of life.
0: But that's where it's a de- There's two different kinds of wants there. That's sure. not quality. That is, you know, short term, immediate gratification. Mm. That's not necessarily biologically helpful for us. Right in order to have this quality of life, you're saying you yet there's some upfront difficulty. You have to be miserable. I don't know if that's a word you would use. <laughs> you have to be miserable to be comfortable, where if you start with comfort, you're going to end up being miserable. Yeah. And by miserable, I mean like not being able to interact with your family.
1: Yeah, uh, just having low energy and not having the energy to do the things that you want.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I do notice... None of your goals are to look good.
1: No. I, one of the things I have all of my clients do, with the exception of one, is I tell them to throw their scales away and do not wet yourself. Because I don't think that's important in most cases.
0: And, and again, you're not saying scales are evil. You're saying some people, most people are the only reason they eat a particular way or. Uh, exercise a particular way is because there's some sort of cultural value or worth based on their appearance. Yes. That's determining that. And you're saying that can't be the motivation.
1: Right. That's a really unhealthy overall, just really unhealthy.
0: Can, can you say more about why? Why? Why that's unhealthy. I oh. mean, I, I, I don't think anybody's going like, well, prove it, but <laughs> I don't know that we think about why it might be unhealthy.
1: I think if we're just talking about food, if you are constantly worried about your weight and how you look, you then start restricting what you eat and then you start going into your calorie deficient and then you start um, getting deficient in things that your body really needs like iron or vitamin D or calcium. And then your body starts to I don't want to say shut down, but if you let it get to that point, it certainly will shut down. But in the beginning, you are going to feel worse if you stop eating because you want that number on the scale to be different than if you would have not started in the first place. Looking at the number on the scale.
0: So okay, so, so what I'm kind of hearing, if I could translate it, is that the, the there's there's only kind of one version of healthy appearance that we talk about, and it's the chiseled abs and. Mm-hmm slender and all of that. And what you're saying is that there's actually a a healthy body is more than just one kind of appearance. Right. Okay. Um, And that kind of is in contrast to quality of life. And so if your goal is only a particular appearance, you could actually cause more unhealth. Yes. Um, If your goal is functionality, then by some cultural standards, you might not look healthy. I put air quotes there Mm -hmm. you you can't see those on a podcast but um, you're actually completing a real goal of health because you're able to have a particular quality of life because of how you can interact with your body yeah yeah which is just different than the weight loss culture and and all of that um okay what else Are there any other reasons why outside of quality of life and being functional?
1: Um, I mean, if you are a parent, like you want to be around for your children and your grandchildren. um, So taking care of your body now will set you up hopefully for that. Um,
0: So like life expectancy. Yes. Being able to live longer.
1: Right. Which obviously isn't always guaranteed, but I know for me, like if I can do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm around for my kids, like I'm going to do it. And
0: not to, I'm not saying I'm going to push back on that, but actually going with the quality of life theme, it seems more about not quantity of years, but quality of years as your body continues to age. Yes. So the goal is not like, Hey, let's see if we can get into 110, uh, be 110 years old. The goal is, when I'm 80, can I still interact with the world in a way that I want to? Right. Um, and a lot of that is built by how you're interacting with your body in your teens, and your 20s, in your, in, in your 50s. All of that's going to culminate somehow. And this kind of goes back to one of the main themes of uh, why, why this process, a very adaptive, accountable, uh, present process is important, is because we're always gonna drift towards what is unhealthy. We desire ease and comfort, and um, and eventually that will catch up with us in a way that we might not want. Like, yeah, something tr- traumatic or tragic could happen. Sure. And well, all that's lost then. But even the long-term goal of being able to be functional late in life is going to make your current, immediate life better as well. Yeah. So that all kind of goes together. Um, when we were talking about this, you gave me those goals and I went, I still don't care. Those don't matter to me. I, I don't. And it's like I, your water goal. And I just, I just, I'm just taking on the perspective of like devil's advocate of somebody who's like, I don't actually care if I'm okay. Um, and one of the things that came up for me was the societal value. You know, someone who says like, I don't care about my life expectancy. I don't care about my quality of life. A reason to pursue it is that people that you care about, or if we wanted to make this sociological people, you're dependent on, which is just other human beings in the world around you, your functionality and quality of life will actually improve theirs. Right. I and mean, that's kind of what you're saying with for your kids. Um, that's something that I can go like, so I don't work out cause I want my body to look good. I don't work out because I'm trying to live longer. I work out because it's going to ha- actually help me help other people more. Sure. Sure. And, and so that's that's something to consider. I don't know, again, if there's research or statistics on that. But I just think those are the things that should be on the forefront of our minds. This time of year, we're thinking about health and wellness. We should be thinking about it that way. Not just, I need to lose weight or I need to look more attractive. Right. It should be these deeper goals. Which, again, that's why all of the stuff you do is taking in all of these factors. Because your relationships with people... Um, how you sleep, um, how you move your body. All of these things are coming into what's your functionality, what's your quality of life, um, what's the value that you're creating through how your body can move and be. So um, that in mind, if we're going to talk about these things, I'm interested in figuring out what are actual ways we can give to people listening um, to help them do this better. Right. And going with the theme of coaching, what you do, I know it's impossible to give every listener a, you know, their own tailored plan. And I know that's a, that's a big part of the whole thing of what you do is you're able to do that with individual right. people. So it's kind of going against what we said of like, Hey, general ideas don't work, but there are some general ideas um, that anybody can be doing. And, I wanted to ask you if could we just go through um, some of the main issues, some of the main concepts, techniques, things that you're given with most clients the most frequently. like if someone's sitting there and going like, yeah, okay, I know I can't just buy a product, jump into some lofty goal of working out every single day or something, what are the most important components that you you could give somebody listening? to maybe help them start their own process or maybe just to get them to think more holistically about what they're trying to do with their health.
1: Yeah. So when I meet with a client, I break it down into a couple different things. And the first thing is always um, I call it personal development, but mindset, having a good mindset and you really have to figure out like, why do you want to do this? Um, Because you use that as your motivation. Um, I have them do affirmations, which always feel silly at the beginning. An affirmation is something that maybe you are not quite there yet, but you want to be. So, give like, a, Give
0: an example of an affirmation.
1: You, me give an example?
0: Yeah. Like what's a...
1: Yeah. So something that I try to train my brain to think is I am a patient mother and I'm not always a patient mother, but when I start feeling that frustration with my kids or I get angry, I... And trying to get my brain to say, no, stop, you are a patient mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an affirmation. So I have them do affirmations based on them, based on what they want to be.
0: Okay. So you're when you're talking about personal development, you're talking about mindset, but the the mental perspective. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that that's the thing that and you know, full disclosure, everybody, Vanessa is not an avid listener of the show. <gasps> So she's not true. She doesn't know that we've already talked about this, but this is actually <laughs> the first step of the trans theoretical stages of change.
1: I which, listened to all of those podcasts, by the way.
0: Okay. But it now that I think this is what's going to get into the next one then, but the, the idea that you can make behavioral changes without having some sort of vision for them, it's not going to work because it won't sustain. Right. You have to have contemplated and you have to be able to see where you want to go before you go there. But, but within that, there's specific techniques you're saying affirmations, uh, goals. What are some of the other things that you kind of, uh, to to help people start, uh, tangibly uh, interacting with this idea of personal development?
1: Okay. So when we talk about goals, um, I had them make a new short-term goal every week. And within that goal, we have a list of questions that I ask them um, every single time. So the first one is, obviously, what is the goal? The second one is, what are we going to do? Like, what's the path to get to the goal? The third one is, what are some possible complications that could come up that could interfere with the goal? So kind of being proactive. And then the next question is, how, how are you going to combat those? whatever complications are. Um, and then my favorite question I always ask is what will you measure as a success? Because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. you have this goal in mind and something else happens instead. And sometimes that's even better. Um, so what will you measure as a success? And then the last question always is how can I, as your coach help motivate you? What do you need from me? And normally that's just keep me accountable, text me, send me, ideas, whatever, depending on what the goal is. And,
0: and that that starts getting into the actual action. Right. But it's, it's interesting. Uh, we This would say a vision board or a New Year's resolution list is actually a good thing sure. because it's creating the picture of where you're going. Now, and this is why I think they fail, is because we we don't actually execute those good ideas. But I've talked right. about this of you have to make the single decision you have to have contemplated that, put that out there before you're going to go anywhere toward it. But then if you don't have anything to, it's it's the, you set your GPS coordinates, but then you actually have to drive there. Mm-hmm. If you, all you do is sit around making maps of GPS coordinates, well, nothing, you're not going anywhere. Right. If you try to travel without a map, that's also, you could still get somewhere good.
1: I would never get there good.
0: But you're not, uh, it's not as likely. So... So what's, your, what's the execution process then? So you start with mindset, personal development, uh, perspective on where you're going. And then uh, hopefully there are some techniques there that people can actually consider. Yeah. Um, but what's the actual execution process look like then for people?
1: So really that's where we start planning um, how are we going to do it. And if we're talking about like food, for example, planning ahead is very important. Um, mm. So having something in place is going to get you to your goal typically um, as long as you stick with it. And I know a lot of people struggle or a lot of my clients I have right now struggle with their schedule where they don't feel like they have time to do certain things. when in reality they do, they just need to tweak their schedule a little bit. So we work on their morning routine, what they what is like the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning. And it's usually people grab their phones and they scroll for whatever, 15 minutes. Well, there's 15 minutes that you could have been doing your affirmations or journaling or exercising, whatever. Um, So we work on morning routines and um, also evening routines because those are also equally important. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's those are the two main things. Planning, planning ahead. Um, That's where we plan for those complications, too and then working on just their daily schedule and routine.
0: Yeah, and that's all, That's a lot of the action process. Uh, how much do you interact with people? One of the main things with the change process is you have to somehow uh, take this external decision and take yourself out of the equation. So what, when you're saying like, hey, you're going to have to plan, you're going to have to schedule, because if you don't, you're going to drift back to whatever you know Mm -hmm. So somehow you have to kind of get yourself to do this. Is that what you see happening when you're telling somebody to plan out their, their meals?
1: Yes. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because it sounds obvious, but most people don't do it. Like if you sat down, I mean, even our family, we have a hard time with this. Like if you sat down on a Sunday and said, I'm going to eat this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but you never go to the grocery store to get the ingredients. Well, then when it comes time to cook dinner on Monday night, you end up going to get takeout because you did not plan. You don't have the ingredients to even make what you were going to make. So, making that plan and then actually following through is going to help you execute it.
0: And, and the whole process with execution is that you're going to naturally resist whatever's different. And, and so, therefore, you're trying to make a change. Well, unless you've given yourself these external motivations and um, um, circumstances you're not going to end up doing the thing that you actually want to do. Right. And that's, you, you got intrinsic motivation with affirmations, goals, mindset, but now you need to somehow extrinsically condition yourself basically. Uh, but though, those are two of the things you see the most is actually planning and scheduling these. I would say accountability is probably a big part of the action execution process for you too, then because you're constantly sitting there going like, Hey, you said you're going to do this thing. You said you're going to do this thing.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it's different for each client because everybody is different, but, um, I had one client who would send me a picture. She had a hard time eating three meals a day. She would, you're <laughs> looking at me cause you do this too. Um,
0: I haven't ate yet. It's, right. It's two o'clock and I have not ate yet today.
1: Yeah. So she would do similar things. And then by dinner time she would be starving or she would start eating around like four and just be eating things that are not easy for your body to digest. Um, so she was sending me a picture of her breakfast. She was sending me a picture of her lunch. She was sending me pictures of snacks in between. Just so I, it wasn't like making sure she was eating healthy. It was literally just making sure she was eating. But even at
0: all. that accountability process, the reason that's part of the execution is because it doesn't matter that she's sending it to you and you're not like checking it or testing it. It's right. just the having somebody be involved in her process or his process is forcing them to do what they might not. Do on their own,
1: right? Because if she didn't send me that breakfast picture by ten o'clock, I would be messaging her saying, "Like, hey, what'd you have for breakfast?"
0: Mm-hmm. So and, and, and the, if now, but eventually she does that enough that it becomes normal, and right. now she doesn't need to take a picture and send it, right? And that's another thing you do a lot with is habits um, and getting people taking the big idea and how do we create habits out of these? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one one technique that you use is that like tracking habits. Like what, what is that all yeah, about? So
1: I have, I made up a, tr- a habit tracker and it's basically what it sounds like. So on the one side you write down whatever the habit is you want to form or break. So example would be, maybe you want to stop picking up your phone first thing in the morning, or maybe you want to read for 10 minutes a day. So you would write that on the one side of the habit tracker. And then at the top is the dates of the, of the month. And you literally just mark off if you did it or if you didn't do it. And sometimes if you do that long enough, you can kind of see, um, like a pattern. Yeah. Like maybe the times of the month where you're not as consistent with exercise or you can see, um, if you went through something traumatic or even just something difficult at a time during, during the month, um, you kind of let those, those things go. So it's interesting to be able to go back and look and see how, like how things are dictated throughout the month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so somebody's going like okay I'm interested in this and it's all right so you're going to need some sort of perspective making having some sort of vision and then how are you going about the day-to-day process and actions to make sure that you're actually doing the thing that you want and and I think uh you know that's that's all really important stuff for change setting someone up for success um I also like that all of those things are gonna be different depending on who the individual is you know there's not one way to have a vision or a mindset or no i will never
1: fill out that habit tracker for anybody else
0: the habit tracker is going to be different the goals are always different so these are kind of principles that you fit into your context um but let's say they started that right Mm -hmm. that's happening um when you're interacting with someone who really wants to like see transformation what are the first things that you sense you got to handle? And I'm, and I'm saying this because mindset and execution, that's great. But let's be honest, when people are thinking about transforming their health, they start thinking diet and exercise. And and that's a really cloudy world. Um, I know you kind of rebel against that quite a bit. Uh, you know, fad diets, you hate them. I do. Almost all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not one. I but there's all this like pop advice, I would call it, of People on blogs or on the internet or social media even where, yeah. you know, it's not based in research even, no. but, but they tout them as solutions when it's at best, it's just one way that works. Some of them are even terrible. Um, but like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That, 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 there's a bunch of different voices on that. There's no, there's even people who say, well, no, you shouldn't eat breakfast. Right. And so we have to stop thinking about these things in terms of like, oh, there's easy objective answers out there that if the right person can get you in the information, you'll be good. When it comes to diet and exercise, you have a very different um, approach, you know, and and there's in, in a very full world of information. Um, I think I, I wish people would just stop acting like there, here's the solution and the next diet's the next solution. And, you know, after thousands and thousands of years of human history, we finally found out the one the one lift that you have to do to be healthy. Like I literally see articles like this sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, so there's no general answer that's going to work for every person. And I really like how you approach the issue of diet and, and, and exercise. So talk about those two categories. Cause I get mindset, action, mm-hmm. execution. Great. But these are the things that people like to know about.
1: Yeah. So eating and in- I don't even like to say dieting, but that is such like a topic right now. For, it's, it's been a topic for ever. Um, people just don't know how to do it in a healthy way. And so I really teach all of my clients about intuitive eating. And the There's like 10 principles. I'm not going to tell you all of them. But um, the general idea is there is no good and bad food. And mm-hmm. so nothing is off limits. So when someone's asking me, can you just give me some meal ideas? Yes, I'll give you meal ideas, but in those meal ideas, there's going to be carbs. And I know some people say carbs are bad. Well, carbs are not bad because they give you energy. Um, so there's no good and bad foods, and the idea is you eat what makes you what makes you eat what makes you feel good, what makes you feel the best.
0: Which is not what you want always.
1: No, it's not what you want always, but it's not restrictive either
0: but i like that you say feel good because i could crush an entire bag of pretzel m&ms i know i will feel like shit after that (laughs) so i know that oh i shouldn't eat an entire bag because it won't make me feel good i i think some people could take that out oh eat what makes me feel good an entire bucket of ice cream will make me feel sure. good.
1: In the moment, it will make you feel great.
0: But you're talking about this larger perspective of feeling good.
1: Yes. All right. So the idea is you eat what makes you feel good. And then as you do this more and you get really into it and you're consistent with it, you will find yourself choosing options. Like you'll eat more vegetables instead of the peanut butter or not peanut butter. What pretzel, did you say? Pretzel m Pretzel M&M's. I really like peanut butter. Pretzel M&M's because you know how you feel after you eat the vegetables and you know how you feel after you eat the mm-hmm. pretzel m and So remember a couple weeks ago, Landon ate or they both ate a ton of sugar and that night Landon didn't feel good. His head hurt, his stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. And I asked him like, what have you eaten today? And it was, it was probably like Christmas day or the day after. And it yeah. was literally all sugar. And that was a good teaching moment to tell him, like, it's okay that you ate that, but I want you to remember how you feel the next time that you want to eat sugar all day, because it does not make you feel good.
0: Okay. And, uh, but what I really like about intuitive eating is it's not, here's the diet that's going to fix you. It's, you're going to have to figure out what's going to make you feel the best. No. And it's going to be this process and you got to pay attention to it every single day.
1: Yeah, it's not it's it's not eating whatever you want necessarily because you're not going to feel good eating whatever you want. But when you
0: say it's not restrictive, is nothing's technically off limits. You're going to find out though what is off limits for you.
1: Right. Right. And I know like one of the biggest um, principles within the intuitive eating is you reject the diet culture. So most diets are restrictive, like you can't eat carbs or you can't eat sugar or you can't eat meat, whatever. You reject all of that. All foods are on the table. Like you can have whatever you want, but learning what those foods do to your body, um, is going to help you make decisions when you're choosing what to eat.
0: And it's a particular view of freedom that you're free to eat anything, right? But your, your priority with this freedom is to be the healthiest version of yourself. And so pursuing that greater freedom will eventually make certain things impossible, but it's also based on your context. There's no one bad thing. You got to figure out what that is, and you obviously are help guiding people through um, some of that nutrition information. Sure. You know, so it's not just random guessing all the time. You're you're helping channel people to ideas. I I imagine. Yeah. But intuitive eating is basically like think of Weight Watchers, <laughs> and then whatever the opposite of that is is intuitive. There's
1: no point counting. There is no. Portion, cups, nothing.
0: (laughs) But I think people will initially go like, that doesn't sound like it's going to work. And what what I hear you saying is the thing that makes it work is the process that you follow. Yes. Which is probably more sustainable than any restrictive eating or point counting. Yeah. um, Because you're you're creating a much more natural extension of yourself with your food. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you approach exercise similarly. I guess I I would be more comfortable talking about intuitive eating. That makes sense. You talk about intuitive
1: exercise. So intuitive exercise is basically the same thing. It's you exercise to feel good, not to look good. So I guess it's really just like a mindset shift.
0: But you're also saying, and there's no right exercise program.
1: No. So a lot of people think you have to have this structured video or you have to go to the gym for an hour or you have to run for miles. And I tell people you can just take your dog for a walk and that counts.
0: Now, if some, if your particular goal involves that, you know, I, cause you're also not criticizing people who do go to the gym and do no. a very structured routine that if, if that's going to get them where they need to be, that's sure. fine. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, you know, not everybody needs to be a bodybuilder. If, no. if if your goal is to be a bodybuilder, then yeah, you're probably going to have to do a lot of like and I'm strenuous not weightlifting. Coach for that. Right. Right. But like a lot of, a lot of the exercise I do is like, I'm just going to do a bunch of pull-ups for a little bit and see what happens. And I get tired and I feel good and I go, that's good. Yeah. Now I'll also probably not have this, I would be this massive bodybuilder person because of it.
1: Right, but that's not your goal either. But, either way, you but
0: have- I, I, I guess a lot of people do feel like, well, if I'm not in the gym seven days a week or I'm not running five miles a day, I failed. But it's that works for some people.
1: It does, and that's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: But the goal, if the goals are quality of life, functionality, those aren't. It's not necessary to have that. What I also like about this is there is a ton of people ser- searching Google or social media, and they see people who are trying to make money through their writing, uh, go like the one exercise that will solve all your problems. Mm-hmm. And that's not this either.
1: No, no, I don't think that's fair really for anybody. There's not one exercise that's going to give you results. It, you, you can't target your certain body parts.
0: Do you think uh, things, which are kind of fads, like step step counting or uh, step trackers and stuff, do you think that's actually helpful for intuitive exercise?
1: I think it depends. So I had one of my girls... One of my clients, um, she was not allowed to wear her Fitbit any longer because she was obsessive with her step count. And so I said, you can't wear that anymore.
0: That sounds quite restrictive.
1: What? Not being able to wear it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, but she was so obsessed with, I have to get 10,000 steps a day. It was less about I'm walking to feel good and to be outside. And it was more about, yeah this number on this little watch that was important to her. I
0: guess I asked because for some people it's made them realize like, wow, I am moving a lot. Mm -hmm. I already have that. Um, but I've also seen the other side of like, Hey, what would happen if, you know, you went for a run and didn't measure how far you went and you just ran what it's almost like, unless we track it, it didn't happen. Right. Unless we recorded this workout, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, not to get all like esoteric, but a lot of people in the agrarian traditions, like Wendell Berry, folks like that, they talk about like farmers don't go to gyms because our work is exercise and we're, we might not have sculpted abs, but physical fitness is built into what we do every day. And you would say that's intuitive exercise. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So those are kind of like the four big things that, you're you're focused on intuitive eating and exercise because those are things people are really interested in. But um, if you know that's the groundwork for integrative health. Uh, and I guess one thing we didn't talk about a lot that I think deserves maybe its own its own piece is talking about how all these factors in your life are creating your health or unhealth. That's probably something that people should pay attention to. Um, but there's there's three things that you've brought up to me, kind of like most frequent recommendations. People find out you do health and wellness and they're like, All right, what can I do to fix my life? And the first the first thing you always say, water. water. <laughs> drink more water. So if somebody's like, Okay, heard those things, but what can I actually do? Go drink more water.
1: Yes. And what and
0: like what's your quick blurb on why? So
1: I'll just give you an example. I have a current client who did not drink any water like coffee. This is not you, Tyler. This is actually a person. Um, and so I challenged her. We started with a very small goal. I wanted her to drink 40 ounces of water a day, which is not very much, but it's more than she was. Okay. And so the first week it was a struggle, but she did it. And so we went up to 60 ounces and now we're up to 80 ounces. And she texted me last night At 1030 and said, I can't believe how much more energy I have now. Mm. And I messaged her this morning and I said, that's because your body is hydrated. It's got all those toxins out of it because you are drinking water.
0: So one is like your body's mostly water. Yes. It needs it. But also if you have more water in your system, it's getting rid of other things.
1: Yes. This is why organs have to function. Your organs function off of water. And so if there's no water in there or not enough in there, you are not functioning properly.
0: To to your capacity. Right. Right. It's I've like, I've experienced it where you're like drink more water. And I did. I was like, yeah, I actually feel better. Hmm. Um, another thing that you talk about a lot, we, and we've mentioned this, but would be stop with the body image stuff. Yes. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything else. We did, we did cover that pretty good,
1: but yeah body image especially like if you are on social media always remember that's a highlight reel and I get it like I post highlights of our life as well but I think a lot of people don't realize especially people who work in the in the well or fitness industry especially we will post these pictures these transformation pictures and the lighting is always
0: Vanessa's also a photographer yes
1: the lighting is always better in the after picture um even if they don't look like they have makeup on, they probably do. And the, the biggest the camera angle. The camera angle is huge. But yeah. the biggest thing right now, like the trendy thing to do is presets. And those are, if you don't know what a preset is, you can go on Etsy and buy these presets for like $2 and you get like 15 of them. And it's basically just something that goes over your photo to correct all of the, the colors and it brightens it up, whatever.
0: So it's basically taking, it's like a filter, but it's taking photo editing, putting into just it's so a, easy. a quick thing that you can put on. You apply
1: photo. it to any picture that you want. And most of those pictures that you're probably seeing have a preset on them. So you can get ones that make shadows more defined, which is going to make your muscles look more defined. And so I want you all to remember when you see those pictures, yeah. there's probably a preset on it.
0: But this going back to what you talked about at the beginning, quality of life functionality. Right. Um, some of the healthiest people aren't the most fit. Um, and then what what's the kind of the big thing with coaching that you would, even if somebody doesn't do coaching, that you would recommend to them?
1: Um, the biggest thing is accountability for sure. Um, even if you don't have a coach or you don't want to coach, that's not for you. Even just having like a group of friends. Like I know there's a group of women out here who run together every weekend. And I think that's great. Um, it kind of forces you to you know, you're in a group text and they say, Hey, we're running tomorrow at whatever. And if you don't show up, it's like, Hey, where are you? Mm-hmm. You're more likely to show up. If you have a group of people behind you encouraging you and asking where you are and kind of, and that also,
0: that also kind of creates new standards that you want to get on your own. When, when you have some comparison, that that's a huge social influence to us For sure. is, is how we see ourselves in comparison to each other. Maybe not something we recommend a lot, but, um, all right. So maybe last thing for the fortunate souls that have taken the time to listen to all of this. Mm-hmm. What would you like to say to everyone?
1: In general or about health and wellness? <laughs> you decide. <laughs> okay. We'll stick with health and wellness. Um, I would say that obviously it's important. You have to make yourself a priority. I think before you can make others a priority, um, um, I don't know. Is this like a broad thing or is it Yeah,
0: it can be whatever. You get you get you get to say whatever you want and I can't respond to it.
1: Oh. That's a lot of power. Um Yeah, I would just say it's really important for you to be in a good place in your life, not just physically, but also mentally, and I think you have to remember that the physical and mental health that you have they're very deeply connected so you can't have good physical health if you don't have good mental health and so when you think about health and wellness you have to think of the big picture this broad spectrum you can't just focus on what society tells you need to focus tells you you need to focus on
0: yeah like rebel against the health and wellness reject fitness and diet
1: culture always
0: yeah um It's interesting because we always talk about America's diversity, but most of us are uh, pursuing one very rigid version of our physical bodies, and that's what we happen to see on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so uh, where can people find more? Your website, vkhealthcoaching.live? Yes. Um, Which I'll say, if somebody's like they heard about the evaluation, people can just take that, right? If they just want to like work through the questions, Mm -hmm. they're not interested in actual coaching.
1: If you take, if you want to do that, you can find it on the website. And if you don't want, if you're not interested in the coaching, you could just take it just to see. Um, But there is like a submit button at the bottom. So if you don't want me to see your answers. Just don't submit. Don't submit it because it goes to my email. But they could just
0: read through the questions just to kind of see what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously there's social media, Instagram. Is that just Vanessa Kleeberger?
1: No, it's Vanessa underscore Kleeberger. Vanessa
0: underscore Kleeberger. Yeah. Um, and then if somebody does want to do coaching, even if they're not, uh, they don't live by us, you, you have distance options. And oh, I, I think do. most of most,
1: the, most of my clients besides one currently, they are all in different states. So we do FaceTime or we do zoom or Facebook messenger whatever mm-hmm. you have access to. We can usually work. So if,
0: if anybody is interested in coaching, they could actually, uh, add the, the, the intake first meeting is always free.
1: Right. Yeah, there's a free consultation first, and then we okay. decide if we're a good fit, and then we can get started.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for joining me on in the office here. I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> it's a great time. <laughs> All right. Feel free to get a hold of Vanessa if you have more thoughts or questions or anything like that. But uh, I appreciate anybody who listened this long. And next time we're going to get into some of what we talked about today, actually, um, with resistance and taking ideas and putting them into execution and all of that. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.